Today on the World Triathlon Podcast, we get the inside scoop on the story behind a return to the blue carpet from one of the very best to ever set foot upon it. USA Triathlon's first and only Olympic gold medalist to date, shortly after being crowned Rio 2016 champion, the two-time world champion switched focus to goals of a different sporting kind, specifically marathon. Then, in December last year, triathlon tongues were set wagging with the announcement of a return to the sport and a firm eye on Paris 2024 qualification. She is, of course, Gwen Jorgensen. Gwen, welcome to the podcast. How are you and where are you? Yeah, thank you. I'm doing really well. I am in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm here. I'm actually uh, feeding my almost four-month-old and uh, excited to talk to you and then go for a long run. So... Yeah, there it was. And here we are, 13th of December, um, a brilliantly kind of low key title for a, a YouTube video that just said back to triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, was there a bit of a moment as you sort of pressed upload on that video um, that, you know, it was, it was well and truly out there? Not really. I had really been thinking about it a lot. And so it wasn't something that was scary for me. I feel like a lot of people in the triathlon world, um, like my competitors, I think a lot of them already kind of knew. Um, so for me, it didn't really feel like it was this huge moment, I guess, then and there. I felt like um, previous to that, the weeks leading up, I kept, people kept asking me about like, oh, you're coming to triathlon. So um, somehow the cat got out of the bag before that. Where did that, where was the initial moment where did that come from the where you suddenly thought actually this is this is something I'm going to get serious about yeah it happened while I was pregnant with George and um you know I had always felt like I really missed out on the mixed team relay and that was something that I wished was in the 2016 Olympic Games but I'm really happy now that it's just in the Olympic Games so that's what really gave me the motivation to come back and my husband, Patrick, asked me about it. And I said, well, if I could only do the relay, I I would come back to triathlon. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to come a little bit, see if I enjoy it. Ian O'Brien joined his group, which was amazing. I was swimming with Taylor Nib and Morgan Person and um, here in Colorado. And we were training together. And I just realized, oh, my gosh, I'm having fun in the water, which is a big reason. It was one of the major reasons I quit because I just wasn't having fun, especially in the swim. So for me to realize that I was having fun, it was something I was enjoying. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I do want to do triathlon. And so it kind of morphed into a little bit more. Um, obviously, my main goal is still just the team relay, but I'm going to be doing some individual stuff as well, just because, um, as you know, you have to do the individual to do the relay. Was that first session with Ian in the pool after George's arrival? Sorry. <laughs> we, and yeah. off George. Hopefully won't have any more interruptions. Sorry about that. Yeah, those those first sessions back. Um, yeah. Was was George already out in the world or was this kind of while well, still pregnant? I was still pregnant. And so I was like, wow, I'm having fun. And I was improving as I was growing. And so for me, I was like, okay. Um, because it was a big unknown for me. I hadn't been in the water for six years, basically. And so um, I was just very nervous about uh, the feel of the water, but I grew up swimming. And so I think it came back pretty quick. I'm still not where uh, I was, you know, six years ago in the water, but it's fun to see those improvements week to week. Mm. It was, it was six years between training sessions, pretty much then. Is that about right? (laughs) 
Well, I think, you know, I probably swam, um, I swam when I came back from Stanley after his birth, I swam a little bit. So there were times right. when I was yeah. swimming a little bit here and there, but, um, never a ton, you know, when I, and when I say swim, I'd get in the water and do 2k, feel very accomplished. <laughs> and Stanley must presumably he's already swimming. He must be like, mom, you're good. What, what's all this? No, he still thinks he can beat me. So, um, loves to go in the pool he's really into diving down deep so he'll go down you know dive down nine foot to the bottom and I'm like oh my ears hurt and he just is like going after it and he loves to do races so he does love the water which is which is fun to see was there like was there any sense so at the end of the 2016 season and did you feel harshly done by a bit but with the triathlon kind of community going oh Gwen isn't kind of not rubbishing our sport, but like just not speaking very positively about it when actually, you know, it was the swimming It obviously kind of, you don't, it's not like there's maybe a, a sense that you, if you're at the top of a sport, you've got to be enjoying yourself. Otherwise it's this big taboo. And it's like, well, actually, you know, you don't, there's no reason really why, why the enjoyment and success have to be hand in hand. Is that? Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of times say like, I just, I didn't like triathlon anymore. And that doesn't mean I didn't like the sport of triathlon. I just didn't enjoy competing in it anymore. And, you know, triathlon, it, they recruited me into triathlon. So it wasn't really my choice when I started it way back in 2011. And I did it for so many years and I, I loved the community. And I think, you know, even when I quit and I said, I didn't enjoy doing triathlon anymore, I still was involved in the triathlon community. I was still giving back to triathlon groups and talking to, um, especially the younger, like junior groups about triathlon, because I do think it gave me so much in my life and it enriched my life, but I just, I was over it at the time. I just, I didn't like swimming and it's really hard as a professional, I think impossible to be good at your sport if you're not enjoying what you're doing. So, um, yeah, I think this time around, you know, I started, I'm choosing it. No one chose triathlon for me. And so that's a huge difference in this is just me having the ability to say, no, I actually really want to do this mm. and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying being back in the pool. And so that's, those are, you know, huge reasons why I decided to come back. You know, you were, you weren't coming into triathlon, presumably with a bunch of idols because like you said, you were, you were doing the swimming side of things, right? So to get to the top where growing up that wasn't an ambition or even necessarily an interest it's, it's kind of unusual in the sporting world isn't it yeah it is and I remember when they recruited me into the sport I didn't even know what world triathlon or at the time ITU triathlon was I thought there was only Kona only Ironman I I just hadn't been exposed to that and that's something that um, you know, even the last six years when I haven't done triathlon, I still like to promote the sport because I think it's a great activity for not only kids, but older adults as well to get into and to stay fit. And I think it's, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing where it's three sports. And so a lot of times um, you're not pushing too hard in one. So it sometimes can uh, allow you to not get injured, which is, I think, a great thing for um, just the everyday athlete to, to stay fit and healthy. Mm. And off the back of your YouTube um, announcement, there was a lot of you know, really encouraging comments, which again, must give you that little kind of boost and so on. And, and the word inspiring came up a lot. And I guess that in itself plays into that idea of, yeah, 
there wasn't a person that inspired you into the sport, but and conversely, you are inspiring a lot of other people into it. Yeah. Um, there is one fan who's now my friend. I call her Lovey. And I remember I met her at the, oh boy, I'm bad at the years, but the world championships in Chicago. And she told me, you know, she was in a bar drinking. She saw the triathlon. I'd never seen the triathlon before, saw me compete. And in that moment decided to change her life and get active and, um, start doing triathlons. And, and it just completely changed her life. And I was like, this is incredible. Like there's stories like that, that really, um, are touching. And for me, you know, in, in the sport of triathlon, I think a lot of times as an athlete, we, we have to be, or we can be very selfish. And so when I'm able to actually make an impact in other people's lives, that's something that really makes me think, um, you know, there's more to this sport, uh, than just going out there and, and doing it for myself. Mm. And particularly through motherhood, right? That's a whole nother level of proving, putting it out there, making it that that's not where a career has to end by any stretch of the imagination. Exactly. Yes. And um, motherhood, especially um, you have to be very selfless in motherhood. Um, so it's something that I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed becoming a mom. And, you know, Nicola Spierig was really the one that inspired me and taught me that I could be a mom and an athlete before that. I really thought that I couldn't. So it's just incredible, especially now you see all these moms in the triathlon world, you know, Katie Zafiris is coming back and Chelsea Sodaro just won the Ironman world champ. So you see all these moms and, um, it's really inspiring. And I, hopefully it encourages other moms to go after their passions as well. I think it's important for our kids to see us go after something we love to do so that they too then can choose something of their own and um, yeah, enjoy what they do in life. So Stanley's four, is that right? Would you say? He's five and a half now. He's old. Oh, right. Five and a half. Okay. So this will be the first time traveling. We'll get to kind of New Zealand and, and the calendar and so on in a moment. But uh, did you, did you have to have a bit of a sit down with him and kind of explain that, you know, this is, this is what's, what's going to happen over the next couple of months and we need your help and support. And this is all going to be pretty exciting. Um, I don't, you know, we haven't really had a full conversation with him. He knows we're going to New Zealand and in running a lot of times we'd go to training camps, altitude training camps. So I was living in Portland, Oregon, but we'd go to Mammoth Lakes or we'd go to Woodland Park, Colorado for, you know, 40 plus days at a time. So he's pretty used to doing that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's something where I was very nervous, but he's still in preschool. So I feel pretty good about um, traveling with him still because he's not like missing school. You know, he's not quite there at the point where they're, you know, learning the letters and numbers. And so like if he gets pulled out for a month, he'll be really far behind. So um, it seems like really good timing. And he actually, while I was doing running, he always called my running races triathlons. So I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's <laughs> my husband, Patrick works with triathletes or like, I, I don't know, but like every time I went to a running race, he'd be like, Oh, mom has a triathlon this weekend. So, um, he thinks all sports are triathlons or something. Shake it, right. It was yes. meant to be yes. <laughs> even at home. Like if I remember, like if I'm on Zwift or something, or if I'm doing a bike, inside he's like oh I want to do a triathlon dad set up my bike on the trainer so I can do a triathlon so um it's pretty cute that he thinks um all the sports I do no matter what I'm doing he calls them all yeah. triathlon so we've got him to thank he's the one that's been sowing the seed all these years <laughs> that's right yeah just uh getting in my subconscious <laughs> yeah so we obviously we saw the um 
the, the social media post with the the new tri suit, all very exciting, and that kind of, and you know the the world triathlon logo, not the ITU logo now, and so on. And then up pops the name Gwen Jorgensen on the the Taupo New Zealand uh, Oceania Cup at the end of this month. So that's the first start line for many many years, and that is a huge moment. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no pressure. Yeah, you know. I- for me, you know, I'm not even four months postpartum. And yesterday was actually the first day in training. I actually did a swim bike run on the same day. Um, so, you know, I'm How did that feel? Uh, I felt tiring. I'm like, finally, we're back in real training. My legs feel like they hurt. Like this is what it should feel like. Um, but yeah, you know, postpartum, we just had to take it slow just to make sure my pelvic floor was healing, make sure that everything was going correctly. You know, I'm breastfeeding still. So hormones are crazy. You still have relaxing in your body, all these things that can play an impact. So, and you have a kid who's a newborn who doesn't sleep very well. So, um, you know, thankfully George has been really good. Um, and, and not, he's, he's a very, very good baby. All those factors, we just kind of have to take it slow in the comeback. Yeah. I was actually looking out the calendar and I'm like, oh my gosh, leave for New Zealand in two weeks. Like, but you know, I think whenever the race, my face would come, I would, that way I would feel I'd feel not ready. Um, it's a big question mark and it's, it's a big unknown. And, um, we, I think Taupo, when we were discussing what I was going to do for my first race, we kind of knew like, uh, the only downside to this race is that it's probably a little too early, earlier than we'd like, but I really wanted to do new Plymouth world cup. And so it just kind of made sense to go to New Zealand, do that Connie cup, spend three, four weeks there training, um, and Mm -hmm. then doing new Plymouth. So yeah, we're going to take the entire family there. Um, Stanley, George, Patrick, and we have an amazing au pair Lulu who has, um, I'm going to say changed my life. Like, but with Stanley, we never thought it was okay to ask for help. And we got Lulu and I've just, it's been amazing to have that help and see her interactions with Stanley and George and our family has just been a huge blessing and allowed, I think Patrick and myself to really flourish. Brilliant. So the, the base where you're going to be, did you have people kind of helping you suggest finding where you're going to be staying for this, this month and so on, and and the build up to, to new Plymouth? Is it, is it a race that you've done in the past. I'm not sure how long it's been on the calendar, but it's a, it's a staple, isn't it? It is. Yes. And I did do new Plymouth. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I did new Plymouth in, oh boy, I don't know the year. I'm really bad at years, probably 2015 yeah. around there, 2016. And at the time mm-hmm. we stayed in new Plymouth, uh, for almost two months. So we know the area. So it was all very, um, familiar, which was a good reason to go there as well. Just like, we know the swim training, we know the bike training, we know the run, like it's very all, um, yeah, comfortable, I guess, in that sense that we know the training and we know it's good training. And as well, I just, I needed a world cup basically, um, in order to get into WTCS races. And so, uh, there weren't many early season world cup, so it just kind of fit the timeline and the location was good. And I'm excited to get out of Boulder. It's been like the worst winter ever. It's snowy and cold <laughs> every day. I feel like I'm back in Wisconsin. Yeah. You are, you're hungry then you're ready to rumble. This is, this is yeah, <laughs> it's coming out. Yes. But it, I, I guess, yeah. So how, how does the path work even with considerable points from New Plymouth and so on, hitting those WTCS start lines still requires, well, it requires USAT to put you forward for wild cards, does it, at least in the early days. But 
a couple of a couple of good WTCS results and suddenly that that is obviously kind of kicking right up, isn't it? So yeah, you know, um, I think there's very clear paths on how to get to start lines. Um, and it just is with performance. So um, I just kind of have to go out there and perform. And, um, you know, I'm just focusing on one race at a time. And we haven't come up with a plan post new Plymouth yet World Cup. So we're just going to kind of do these two races, see where we're at, and then reevaluate for for what will be next. It is part of the, the uh, you know, the mixed relay appeal then not having to spend as much time in the pool <laughs> uh, and uh, you know as well as you b- being part of the team that you know you've obviously had huge success as part of the mixed relay team outside of the olympics but um but for that added bow of of doing it at the games yeah yeah um yeah world champion in the mixed team relay which was just it's just so exciting and for me i remember growing up uh, on swim team and relays were always my favorite thing. And then in college, when I was running, I did cross country and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I just feel like it brings out the most in me. It's fun. It's this team atmosphere and it's just really enjoyable. Um, yeah, the training's much different as well. And, you know, I tried to do marathon, um, for so many years and it just was not working. And I switched to track running and I actually realized like, whoa, I kind of like this shorter, faster stuff. Um, you know, I did some, a 3k, I, that on the track that was really fun, really fast, got a huge PR. Um, so just stuff like that. I think I was like, man, the mixed team relay, like the training, the racing, like everything about it sounds super fun. And, um, you know, as well, I remember back in the day when I was doing triathlon, I just really enjoyed those mixed team relays. So I'm also um, doing the mixed team relay in Taupo. There's one on Sunday. So there's the individual on Saturday, and then I'm going to be on a composite team. Who's in the team? Yeah, I don't know. It's just a composite team. People from other countries, I don't I think they're just going to like, I have no idea how it works, um, right. <laughs> but I'm very excited to, to be able to do that again and um, get one. Yeah, get one on the books. Get one in the bag. Yeah. Because also, I mean, that that format massively magnifies the transition, right? The those That's going to be an interesting learning curve, the uh, getting those minutiae right again straight away and, and, yeah, dialing that back in, right? Yeah, it's going to be the transitions, like your starts, like every second matters. I feel like it's a 100-meter sprint. Not quite, but, you know, it's just like, yeah, all those little moments really matter and, um you know, I, I, I posted a video on my Instagram of me and it was the first mount I tried to do on my bike and I didn't even get my butt on the seat. So I was like, Oh boy. Um, but I very quickly progressed. And so, um, yeah, I've been working on that stuff just to hopefully, uh, be able to gain those seconds. Cause yeah, every second counts in, uh, the mixed team relay for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So obviously the USA could, could only take three women and the Taylor's nib and spivey. So you've been actually training a bit with Taylor nib in the pool then was that, was that more kind of middle of last year then? Yeah. You know, and then, um, you know, Taylor took a break post the, you know, Abu Dhabi post season. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I around a bunch and so, um, doing great. So is Morgan, he's here in Boulder. I think, yeah, there's a couple other uh, athletes that are either living in Boulder or moving here. So uh, pretty exciting to, to see them, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's look, it's going to be really hard. Sometimes I'm like, I'm insane. I put myself up to the huge challenges that are like almost unreachable, but that's what really excites me and, and makes me, um, ready to go and, and just get me motivated on, on the daily. I mean, we have more 
five U.S. women who are in the top, you know, that could get into world triathlon events and like do really well and get in the top tens and um, at WTCS races. So it's going to be a huge challenge. And, um, you know, Katie's coming back as well, Olympic gold or Olympic medalist. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be hard. Um, I feel like there's a Netflix series in here or something like you and Katie coming back at, uh, in similar circumstances. And it's all, uh, it's, it's all perfectly, perfectly poised, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, Katie is such a sweet and it's been so fun to follow her journey back into triathlon post motherhood. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see her race. I think she's going to do well. Um, you know, she had, you know, her father passed away and she came back and won a medal and it's just, um, she's always been really inspiring and one of the nicest women on the circuit um she i always really enjoyed racing with her has most of the the training within crew in been in the pool and have you you know have you been on a ride with taylor just in terms of taylor nib is obviously one of the people that has kind of moved the sport on a bit i guess over the last couple of years with that incredible bike power and and doing that off the back of a very strong swim as well so have you have you kind of tested the water that the water the wheels I guess uh there as well yet or how do you um yeah how's your riding slotting in yeah I have not ridden with Taylor my husband did and he got dropped immediately um so (laughs) (laughs) he can testify (laughs) so um yeah I mean I, I think you know beautiful thing about world triathlon I think is it's constantly changing like when I started the sport in 2011, there was a certain type of racing and then it changed morphed while I was in this for those 10 years into a different sort of race. And I think it's changed again in the past six years, which, which makes it so exciting. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to be out there. And I, you know, I have a lot of work to do. Um, I have to work on my power. I have to work on my skills. I have to, there's a long list of things, but I'm very confident and I've seen a lot of progress, um, pretty quickly. Yeah. I'm excited to just go out there and test it. And, you know, you don't really know what, what's going to happen until race and, um, training is one, but racing is a completely different beast. And so for me, I'm going to just do what I do in training and, uh, let my racing. Yeah. Let it loose is, is part of the, the appeal, but also, you know, there's this is a, a finite kind of project, right? It, presumably, Paris is is the goal, is is the sort of deadline. So, does that in your in your mind help condense it all into one thing? And it's not like coming out of Rio and thinking, oh, am I done in this sport or whatever? It's like pres- presumably, no, no, but presumably that that's the sort of a hard hard deadline at the end there. Yeah, um, I think for my husband Patrick, that's for sure um, a motivator for him. For me, it's, it's not though. I don't know why. Like, I think, cause I'm having so much fun. I'm just like, I'm going to do this until it's not sustainable or not fun anymore. So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is a very short deadline, right. And there's like a test event in August this year where the U S you can qualify. So even getting on that start list will be a huge challenge for me. So, um, I believe I can do that, but time and racing will tell. Yeah. And then Pontevedra Championship Finals being the other one, right? That can be automatic. And then that's correct. Then there's like another, a, a third standard distance in that would be the qualifier, right? That, you know, should it get to that point without anyone having, having podiumed or if they don't podium, if you, no one podiumed, does it kick down as 
it did in Tokyo, right? To top seven. Top or... eight. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, if there's, it's confusing, right? If there's one in the top three, then they'll take a second one in the top eight. If there's no one in the top three, they'll take one in the top eight. Um, and that's kind of the format for those first two events. And then I think the one in 24, now you're really testing me, but I think that one, you have to be a podium. Unless there's been nobody that's qualified, then I think they go down to top eight. So it's kind of this mix of top three, top eight, um, which I mean, the US, you could have four athletes in the top eight. So um, yeah, I think uh, it'll be fun, fun to watch. Definitely. <laughs> That is for sure. There was there was an, some interesting points about people claiming that, you know, back when um, that the fields today are deeper than than when you had raced and that you're going to, you know, find that like, a bit of a struggle to come to terms with as well. But if you look at the stats. There's, there's actually so your last race in Yokohama, there were two minutes separating the top 10 athletes last year, Yokohama four minutes separated the top 10 athletes and you had to go back to 30th place to be four minutes back. So, you know, and the last grand final Cozumel, you were second and exactly four minutes separated you and uh, separated Flora in first and Annie Knapp in 20th, right? So four minutes yeah. in Abu Dhabi, there was four minutes between first and seventh place. Wow. So that would all suggest that actually the fields were, well, I, I were, perhaps overall stronger but also i guess it also speaks to the fact that the races have been somewhat blown apart by the swim and the bike right yeah exactly um and i think that goes back to me saying you know yeah i think the races are constantly changing and i think the races change you know, on who's racing and who's in them and, um i haven't really looked at stats too much <laughs> to be honest i haven't looked at them at all um i think i'll find out very quickly what the races are like once I start racing, but, um, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's a different game, but I'm also a very athlete. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's exciting. I think it's, you know, Flora especially has been, um, amazing the past six years or whatever it's been, even before that she was amazing. I think, you know, she was my biggest threat in Rio and, um, I don't know if she agrees, but I think she had an off race in Rio. Um, and ever since then, I think she's really found her groove and, um, you know, she's coming first mm. out of the water, having the strong bikes, um, fastest bikes, and then having the fastest runs as well. So, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting to, to see that. And I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is for me to find ways to, to just, uh, thrive and um yeah find ways to, to improve i guess you know we'll, we'll find out quickly um the race is coming up very quick <laughs> if you if you hadn't won the gold in rio would your decision have been the same do you think or was was as you as you took that tape a decision that had already been somewhat in the making was it like poof right that's it i can i can do it now free without too much uh yeah what ifs um it, it I had been thinking about running for a while before that. And even after Rio, I remember, I just, I didn't want to, train. I remember training for Cozumel and just being like every day mopey and like, Oh, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Um, and it was just, it was really hard. I think it was only like a month of training and I don't even know if it was that much before Cozumel, but it was just like, I wasn't enjoying it. 
And, and for me, I was like, that was kind of, I was like, oh, and I want to have a kid. And so, um, thankfully we were able to get pregnant pretty quickly. And in that time I was like, well, maybe, you know, with a little break, I want to come back to Tron. And I was just kind of like leaving options open, but, um, that, that fire never came back. I think, you know, I had, I was talking to, um, my psychologist about this previous really recently, it was like, were you burned out? And I, I wasn't burned out in triathlon. I think it was just that combo going back to what I said earlier of triathlon choosing me and me never having chosen it. And then just not enjoying the pool. Like I was just not, I was dreading going to the, to the pool every day. And so, um, I was just kind of not happy doing it. Was there also, did you feel a huge amount of pressure on your shoulders going into Rio as you know, the, the, the biggest gold medal opportunity in the sport for, for, for the U S and was it, was that a driving for how, how was your, so if you didn't really enjoy the preparation for Cozumel, how was the preparation for, for Rio? I actually, I, I like the preparation for Rio and actually, um, you know, the pressure thing, I think Flora took a ton of pressure off my plate leading into Rio. She was kind of like up and coming and changing the dynamic of the, the race right then. Um, and I remember, I think the race, the last race I did before Rio, I think was Hamburg and I don't know what place I got, but it definitely wasn't, I don't know if it was third or fourth or third, I think, yeah. third. there we go. Okay. Yeah. So I think, you know, just having some races that where I didn't win, um, you know, breaking my winning streak and people kind of learning to attack on the bike and attack me and do this and that it took pressure off, I think, which, um, I didn't mind. I think I could have handled the pressure, but at the same time, I was like, like, I can just my business here nobody knows what i'm doing and i'm going to be fully ready when rio comes and i'm almost kind of under the radar that's kind of how i felt leading to to rio compare that to heading into london then were you like particularly looking back i don't know at, at the time were you very sort of wide-eyed and this is my first games and and looking back are you like wow yeah i wouldn't have done that then or or did 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 london kind of ease in quite quite well as well because you know there was some talk of you I think you just had your first couple of World Cup wins hadn't you but and a series podium but not a gold at that point yeah yeah I mean I got silver at the test event of London so on that course against the best in the world I kind of knew I could be metal capable I actually there was a few things going into London and I think for me I had never really had me exposure. I didn't really know how to handle that. I didn't know the limits on it. I didn't know it was okay to say no to some people or to like have clear boundaries. And so, um, I learned a lot from, from London, um, just media wise and, you know, the perform at their first Olympics. I'm so impressed with because there are just, it's a different ball game at the Olympics. You know, there's, there's security goes in there's, there's just all these layers of, of, that you don't have at other races. So, um, I think it was a great learning experience for me. And, um, you know, I got a flat tire, who knows, I was not in metal contention before I got the flat tire. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, it was an interesting race and, um, yeah, I think it really allowed me to grow and learn and, and gave me a lot of knowledge going into 2016. And it also, you know, it was, it was the following year that that those goals really started to, to pour in. Um, what was it that, that coming out of London and into that 2013 season that, that was the, the spark to that 
success and and ultimately that ridiculous wind streak that you hit as well yeah i mean that's how you remember it i remember coming in 2013 and dnfing in auckland um <laughs> oh, yeah. my first race of 2013 and i came out of the water and i was just having an off day and um coach jamie and pat were just like stop like what are you doing like just don't ride in there and I saw the like three laps and finally I listened and stopped. And I remember going to them and being like, I need to redo everything. We shouldn't have gone to Australia. We shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done that. Like we need to change everything. And they're like, okay, let's just take a deep breath. We're not going to change anything. Like training's been going well. And <clears throat> the very next race, San Diego, I won. And that was a huge sin for me in, um, you know, as I call it pounding the rock. So, um, you know, I'm just chipping away at the rock and I know that I'm doing things correctly. You may not see that breakthrough right away, but you're making little progress. And eventually that, that rock piece will often, you'll, you'll see that progress that you're working towards. I was watching back the end of the San Diego race. Uh, and was it, Pat, that was on the side there, you you did the post-race interview and then turned and just let loose this lovely kind of wail of delight and then hugged him and um, a brilliant place to win that first race as well, right? Yes, in the US, on home soil, um, you know, where triathlon started pretty um, in the US, you know, pretty, yeah, pretty amazing. Well, I mean, suffice to say, we obviously can't wait to see you back on the blue carpet. Um, New Plymouth will, of course, be live and direct on Triathlon Live, uh, 11 a.m. New Zealand time, 26th of February, back on the start line for the first time in seven years. You must be you must be pumped. We're great. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing it for sure. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, and yeah, I'm excited as well, just uh, back into the triathlon world and people have been begging me to come back. So I'm excited to see all their numbers as well. <laughs> well, really appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, I'm sure as January's kicked into February. It's all got very real for you. <laughs> yes, it did. And February is such a short month. I'm like, oh no, I'm losing a day of training. Only 28 days. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks ever so much again, Gwen. And uh, yeah, well on Calpo and New Plymouth. Thank you.